You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Well, as Elliot had mentioned, we had the marriage conference this past two days, and it was fantastic. We had a great group that was here, and we had a wonderful time, learned a lot, good material. Uh, Our hosts, our teachers, was Pastor T and his wife Janet, and they wrote you a card, and I wanted to share to Dear Discovery Church, Janet and I would like to thank you for the privilege of coming alongside you and ministering to the family of God that are part of Discovery Church. We appreciate your kindness, hospitality, and new friendship. You are in our prayers. It was an awesome time, and and so I want to encourage you that if you're able to be part of it, you know we got these marriage uh, uh, small groups, two small groups, and if you weren't there, we'd still love you to come and join these marriage small groups that are starting uh, next week, and we'd love for you to be part of that and continue this beautiful thing that is the journey of us, right? That we are in our marriage journeying together for God. So we are starting a short little series on prayer. Nothing more powerful that we could talk on than our opportunity to talk to the creator. Think about that. The one that created the heavens and the stars, we get to talk to him. We get to have conversations and listen. And and so we're going to be doing prayer. And what better way to start a series on prayer than to pray? So if you will pray with me. God, I just pray that your words are spoken this morning. Lord, as we dive into your text, your your Lord's prayer today, God, let it just be alive to us. Your word always is, and let us open our eyes to see it. God, if there are any burdens, any baggage we're carrying, Lord, if there are sins that we're holding on to, whether that's from me or the people here, God, Remove those. Let us just be reminded our sins are as far as east is from the west. Let's be reminded of your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. And let us just come to you with a holy, pure heart. Lord, we lift this up in your name. Amen. So when I think about prayer, I have a fun prayer story from when I was a kid that always comes to mind when, whenever I think about seeing God answer prayers vividly. When I was uh, young, my uncle was in prison, and so we would go visit him. I was a little kid, and I love prison days because my parents would let me eat out of a vending machine, and so like, pr- I love prison days. It was exciting. We'd just go sit and hang out with Uncle Steve with all the other prisoners and be like, look at that guy's tattoos, and, and uh, they'd be like, Matt, go eat a cupcake, and okay, and so I love prison days, and so uh, Uncle Steve was, looked like going to be released from prison. We were excited, and we were visiting him. Uh, there was some debate if he he would because in, there was a point where he didn't know if he would ever get out. He was wanted in several different states and found guilty for a lot of different things. We'll talk about that some other time. But uh, they, they, he didn't know if they would be able to run all the sentences for the different states congruently. And so that the, his time serving in Colorado would also count as the time serving in Kansas and Wyoming and so forth. And so uh, he, he was so excited that it looked like he was going to get out. And so we were at prison days and uh, I was talking to him about it. And he said, Matt, I've been praying for this for a long time. I said, yeah, tell me more about it, Uncle Steve. And he said, I've been praying that God would even let this happen, that I would get out. I didn't know it would come. I've been praying that God would get me out. And there's several other things I've been praying for with this very thing. I said, what? He said, I've been praying that I would get out and see the world. 
or see the countryside, see the United States. I've never traveled much, and I want to I wanna go see the, the states. And I said, all right. He said, you're going to laugh, Matt, but I've been praying for a Big Mac. I've wanted to eat a Big Mac, and we don't have anything like that, obviously, here in prison. I've been praying for a Big Mac. And then he said, and I don't know if he was just trying to scare me straight so I don't go to prison, but he's like, Matt, I've been praying that I could go to the bathroom by myself and lock the door. I haven't done that in years. And I was like, oh, wow. It's okay. Well, you know, a little kid, I was like, back to the vending machine. And so he's telling me about these prayers that he's had for this journey. So we go to pick him up on the day he's going to get released. And we're sitting in the family car waiting for him to come out, come join us. And we see him come out and he still has handcuffs on. He's still in his jumpsuit. And they go and they put him in a van. And we don't know what's going on. And my dad goes in, comes to find out that Kansas is fighting his release and saying that his service wasn't congruent and that they needed to send him to the prison in Kansas. And so Kansas, if you're not familiar with the states, is uh, directly west of Colorado. They're touching. And so he is on a van transport to go to Kansas, uh, a, a prisoner transport van. Well, they take off from the prison and they head east. This van is, does not a direct route between prisons, it's a circuit. And they had just come from Kansas, and this is the Western State Circuit. And so they are headed east to go through Nevada and Utah and California, up to Oregon, Washington, Montana, Wyoming, before it ever makes it back to Kansas. So for the next seven days, Uncle Steve got to see the countryside, just like he had wanted, out of prison window door. The prison had a contract with McDonald's, and so all meals were at the Golden Arches. They would have an Egg McMuffin for breakfast, and then the prisoners had one option, which is a number one meal for lunch and dinner, a Big Mac, fries, and a drink. So that is all he ate for the next seven days was a Big Mac. He gets to Kansas, and it's late at night. It was about six or seven, and they get there, and they say, no, there's a paperwork problem. We don't want him. He's free. And they say, but the people that do the discharging have already left. So they can't discharge him because they don't have the right people. They can't put him in a normal cell because he's no longer a prisoner. And they said, we got one idea. So they locked him in a bathroom that they were able to lock. And he was there for the next 13 hours by himself before someone was able to release him that morning. I don't know if God was answering all his prayers for Uncle Steve's sake or for the sake of a little 12-year-old boy that saw the power of prayer and would remember that for the next 30 years. But the prayer is a powerful thing. God answers prayers, and we're going to talk about that throughout this series. We're going to talk about well, those times that it feels like, where, where is God when it feels like maybe he didn't answer? We're going to be looking at a lot of different things because prayer is so vitally important. My favorite room in this entire building is the prayer room back there. Is to know that people are coming and praying all Sunday morning for you, for our community, for the prayer requests that are up on the board. Prayer is an amazing thing because we have this opportunity to talk to God. And so this morning we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. And the disciples wanted to know how to pray. Because, see, the, they said, well, John, we've seen how John's disciples pray. How are we going to pray, Jesus? At this time, a, a rabbi would have a group of students or disciples, and you were often able to tell which rabbi it is by how the students acted. The way that the rabbi talked is how the students would talk. The way the rabbi would walk is how the students would walk. The way the rabbi would pray is how the students would pray. 
So they came and said, how do we pray? And so this morning we're going to look at Jesus' answer, the Lord's Prayer. And as we look at this, I want us to see it a little different. You're probably familiar with it, and many of us have recited it. I bet almost all of us have. And, but as we were lurking on this sermon series, Bill Heitfield, one of our elders, incredibly wise man, had sent me an email this week and gave me a little different perspective of it. It talks about, uh, we open it in Mark, or Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, uh, there's, Jesus introduces the Lord's Prayer with this verse, chapter 6, verse 8. Jesus is explaining about prayer, and he says, do not be like them, meaning the hypocrites he mentions earlier, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. When I've read this before, often in part, I think with that, knows what you need, I think about my needs. What do I need? Whether it's protection and, and shelter and food that the Father knows, and my need for affection or rest or love. But Bill pointed out something different. What if what we need is to fill God's story? That if our purpose here on earth is to bring God glory, our purpose is to point people to God, then this truly is what we need. Is that God, the Father already knows what we need is to be part of God's story. What we need is the requirements that it takes for us to fulfill his story. And this idea that was completely different as you go into this Lord's Prayer. And so I wanted to share that with you. And we're going to look at that this morning. A little different at a prayer that everyone's familiar with. Is what if this was not about us? What if this is about God? What if this is about his story? What, about, what if this is about bringing him glory as our lives should be? And so this verse, do not be like them, the hypocrites, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Father knows the requirements we have to bring him glory, to be part of his story, to be following God's plan, following God's will. And so with that look, we're going to dive into this Lord's Prayer. I'm going to ask you several questions throughout this message and times to just reflect to see what it looks like for you. Because whenever we hit a passage that we're really familiar with, it's easy to gloss over it. So we're going to stop and spend some time on it. But first, as we're all familiar with it, I'd love for us to read it together. If you'll read this with me. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Such a powerful prayer. Let's dive into this in light of meaning God's story, God's will, God's plan. Jesus begins, our Father in heaven. He uses this verb of, of Abba, or this word Abba, that this is a relationship. This was completely different than the Jewish ideas at the time. Because they saw God as separate and, and set apart, and he is. But also Jesus is bringing this idea of a father, of this relationship, of this closeness. Of this is the idea that we're supposed to have this relationship with God. Because God is not this celestial being far away. He wants to be with us. He is in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. 
He wants to be close to us, this father connection, an intimate connection. As we begin this passage, I ask you, do you have that intimate relationship with God? Are you walking close with him? Are you intimately near him? And if you are, how would that impact God's story? How would that impact bringing God glory? How does that impact your relationship with God? It continues on our Father in heaven, so you have this closeness, but that and our love is connected with hallowed be your name. That he's close and he's amazing and he's a father, but let us not forget he is set apart. He is holy. He is sinless. And I think part of that, what this idea is, is not just that it's separate, but it is separate and set apart and, and most important, it is preeminent. He is preeminent in our life. That he should be over our family, he should be over our work, he should be over our recreation, that he is the most important thing in our life. This father is holy, set apart. So i ask you another question. Does that describe your relationship with God? Is he the most preeminent thing in your life? The most holy focus? Is he above your relationships, above your work, above anything else? And if not, how would that making him preeminent change your role in his story? How would that change? The passage continues, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love that part because we think about kingdom and we think about heaven and we're going to be on streets of gold and it's going to be this glorious thing. But Jesus is making sure that we know we're supposed to bring this, heaven, this kingdom to earth as well. That this is his realm. That this is the kingdom. You and me are bringing the kingdom of God to earth. That if this focus is not just on us, but this focus is on God, how are we bringing the kingdom here? How are we bringing the kingdom to earth? How are you bringing God's kingdom to work, to school, to home, to your neighbors, to your marriage, to your parenting, to your relationship with your parents? How are you bringing God's kingdom? Continues, give us today our daily bread. As I see this verse, I can't help but think of John 6, 35. It says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Our daily bread is Jesus. He is our daily bread. It's not something that we accepted Jesus once and, and we got baptized and we move on. No, this is a daily thing that we get to embrace this relationship with our Father, that we embrace Jesus' death on the cross and that he took away our sins and forgave us, that every day I am forgiven, every day I am covered in his mercy and his grace. This is our daily bread. His forgiveness is our daily bread. Jesus is our daily bread. Passage continues, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Oh, this is the hard part, right? That we are to forgive, that we are to forgive others, those that have hurt us. What's that look like? Micah 7 talks about God's view of forgiveness in this. 
Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Think about that. Delight to show mercy. I don't know if I've ever delighted to forgive. Some oftentimes a reluctant thing. It's oftentimes something I might do because I'm supposed to, because I have to, because I know it's the right thing. He delights in forgiving me. Delights in forgiving you because that forgiveness is part of why he sent Jesus to forgive us of our sins. He died on the cross for you and me. And so we are to forgive because our debts, just like our debts, have been forgiven. So another question. Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to find joy in showing mercy? And how would this impact God's story? How would this impact God's plan for your life, God's plan uh, and God's will if we were willing to forgive? Next part of the prayer says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Paul says in Corinthians 10 about temptation, says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Lead us not in temptation. He gives us a way out. But it's not just protection from temptation because temptation is going to come. But protect us from the evil one. From the one that wants to kill, still, and destroy. Are we willing to walk away from our temptations? Are we willing to turn aside to find that route out? Are you willing to turn away? If we were, how would that impact God's story? Imagine that. That if others could see the change in us when we've turned away from these temptations, when we've changed our sinful ways, how would that impact God's story? When Bill had shared that idea with me about that the Lord knows, that the Father knows all of our needs, what if our needs is to bring God glory? So our needs are the requirements. Our needs are what we, what we have to have to be able to do that, to bring him glory. Our needs are to have the courage to stand up for Jesus in our work or at our, at our school. Our needs are to build those relationships that we can share with others about Christ. This Lord's Prayer is a lot different when I saw it through those eyes. I've often seen this Lord's Prayer about, and some, oftentimes thinking about me, the kingdom come, hey, I'm going to get to go to heaven. Think about me, my daily bread. Think about me, forgiving my debts. What if this was all about God? If our purpose is to bring him glory, how would I bring him glory by forgiving other people's debts? How can I bring him glory by bringing the kingdom of God here on earth to everyone that I meet and encounter? How can I bring him glory by truly living in the appreciation of my forgiveness and the daily bread of Jesus. And so this morning, this is a passage we're all familiar with, a passage you've heard many times. But this morning we're going to just sit in it a little bit. Just to see what God has to say. 
to you through this passage. So this morning, I'm going to read it three times, and, and I want to encourage you, in a second, we'll close our eyes and just keep your eyes closed. And I got a couple little questions that will prompt us in our thinking. But if you will, just close your eyes right now, and I'm going to read this passage. I want you just to sit back and listen. A passage you've heard many times before. But what is God speaking to you through it right now? This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. So we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keeping your eyes closed, I'm going to read it again. But this time, without the distractions of the people near you, setting aside anything that you're th- else that you're thinking about, focus on this passage. And see if there's one section, one sentence, one word that stands out to you. And if so, just camp there in your mind. Sit there. Meditate on that part. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. With your eyes still closed, I'm going to read it once more. And this time I just want you to ask God, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me in this passage? The Holy Spirit's in you. He might be speaking something of conviction, correction. He might be speaking something of encouragement, of love. He might be speaking... That if he's the father that makes you his child, might be speaking that your sins are forgiven, might be speaking that you are part of the kingdom. What is God speaking to you? Ask the Spirit, what do you want me to get out of this passage? This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. We're going to close with this passage one more time, but this time all of us reading it together. Because if you see the language throughout this passage, it says, Our Father, give us our daily bread, our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not to temptation. This is meant corporately. This is our Father. So if you'll stand with me, and together let's read this one final time. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, we thank you for this prayer. We thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. You are our creator, and we thank you for that honor and privilege. God, I pray that you speak to us through this passage. I pray that we have heard you and that we will carry away your message to us this morning. God, we lift this up in your name. Amen. shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord, bless you face shine upon you be gracious to you lord turn his face toward